What's up, Sojourn? Welcome to the living room, or TLR for short. My name's Nate, and I am so pumped that you are here today, okay? I hope you had a Merry Christmas, got gifts, not coal this year. But as we jump into today's conversation, I'm so excited for it because today's conversation, we're talking about a big, well, it's a small word, but big concept, and it's faith, okay? And so I'm so excited for that conversation, but it is a conversation. And so because of that, we want you to comment and join in. And so if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to hit up our comment sections and answer questions there. And if you're watching this on Instagram, you know how Instagram works, comments away, okay? To make sure that your chat box is working and all that's working right, here's the question that I want you to answer, okay? New Year's is coming up, which is exciting. With New Year's, you get New Year's resolutions and goals. So what's a goal that you have this year? Hopefully you hit last year's goals, like this year that's ending. Um, 2020 messed up a lot of our goals, though, so that's okay. But what's the goal that you have for 2021? For me, I, I've never been a planner person, like keeping like plans and lists. But I recently got one and been using it off and on with moderate success. And I'm a, one of the things I want to do this year is I want to be better at that, be more organized with like projects and habits and all that stuff. You know, your standard 20 or your standard new year answer, but I have a planner. It's really cute, so I need to use that more. But for you guys, what is it? Okay, we'd love to hear that. Hope you're chatting that away, letting us know. I want to tell you this, that we're going to continue TLR through this year, which is exciting. We are taking one date off, though, coming up. That's going to be January 11th, so we'll miss you that day. But you can keep tuning in, watching these. We hope if you're a college student, you're having a great break well-deserved break and we are looking forward to still doing this through your break so excited for that but we won't see you january 11th with that enough for me now you get to hear more of me see you on the other side Let's be honest, like for somebody that talks about faith like all the time, you know, I help Sojourn out and say like, we should explore faith. It's weird. Okay. I'll be the first to admit it. And if you can't admit that, then I'm sorry, but it's weird. Okay. It's, I struggle with it, honestly, on some level. And part of that is because I think of the way that I was raised and, and, and not just the way I was raised, but like just everybody has different approaches to how they talk about faith. You know, for some people... It faith like it's kind of like the force in Star Wars. You're just like these are not the droids you're looking for. Okay, and like that's our concept of faith, right? And for others, I was taught this that like faith is kind of something that you either have it or you don't. Like you have people like I'm a person of faith, and then other people are like I'm not a person of faith. I guess or it's it's more that people are like I'm a person of faith, and look at those people who don't have faith. And I was always like, oh, cool. Where can you find this faith? Because that's the other thing. The way we talk about faith is like, they can go find it somewhere, right? It's in a field somewhere, and you're like digging around. Oh, I found faith. Got it. Okay. Stick that in my pocket. May need that later. The other thing is, is that the way we talk about it and we're taught about it, like, it, it, it doesn't match reality sometimes, right? And so, like, this, this is how people use it. And nobody teaches this directly, but this is kind of what's implied and taught by the way we talk about faith is that we we say things like, well, you know, again, you just got to have faith. And you're like, okay, but like, I need a doctor. So great, I'll take faith and a prescription, okay? Because 
here's the thing. Think about when you're sick, okay? If you're sick, you're not you're not going to call me, okay? <laughs> you're sick, you're going to go to the doctor, right? Even during COVID times, you'll go to a doctor. And if the doctor came to you and was like, all right, well, you just need to have some faith. So just pray in the morning and call me and see how you're doing. You'd fire that doctor. You'd report him on Instagram and like, be a whole mess because that's not what we want, right? But yet, sometimes you bump into people that that's how they treat faith. You know, I've been in countless circles with people and stuff and you'll hear a story like, you know, I just, I lost my keys, okay? And I just, ugh, and, and Junior was having a bad day and he was crying. I lost my keys. I was going to be late for my hair appointment and I just, I just prayed and had faith and my husband came home early. He's such a good husband. God bless him. He won't, and my keys were in the door. And just thank God I had faith because I made my hair appointment on time. That's a true story. I've heard that. And you're just sitting there and you're like, ah, and and, and I'm going to speak for you. Maybe this is how you feel, some of you at least. But I mean, you're like, I don't know much about faith, but I that doesn't seem like faith. I don't know. And then for others of you that like you're logical and you have a logical mind and stuff, you see how people use faith to fill in gaps in their thinking and their like just logic. And you're like, there's a big leap. And you just conveniently put this word faith just right in the middle of it. And you're like, yeah, no, it makes sense. Wow, uh, how? Faith. Oh, well, that cleared it out. Thank you. Oh, jeez, idiot. I'm so, sorry. I, faith. Got it. Yeah. Like you, and you, you're like, what is what's happening? Like, it doesn't seem to match up, right? And I'm joking about these. But here's the problem. Here's where this intersects with real life. And as we've been, we're wrapping up this series, this is our last week talking about brand new, how there's something brand new to explore and evaluate or reevaluate in Jesus. And, and I'm picking on these, but here's how this intersects with real life. And here's why maybe some of you have walked away or you're considering walking away from Jesus is because when you have this jumbled together, the force, magic, faith, whatever it is, when you have it and, and you just mix it all together, here's where it intersects with real life, is that your grandmother's sick, okay, and you prayed for her, and you were told if you have faith, okay, if you have faith that she would be healed, and then what happened? She wasn't healed. So what do you do? You either, A, feel bad because you didn't have faith, you couldn't find it, and you didn't know where it was supposed to be, and you didn't have it, okay, so you either feel bad or you get angry, you get resentful, okay? And you're like, well, I had faith. I did everything right, and God didn't listen, so maybe God just hates me or doesn't like me, and so you get mad and resentful and walk away. Or you do what most people have done, and you're like, well, this is all made up, and you just walk away, right? And this is the problem is that when we have this mumbled together, like just, I don't know, just melting, mixing pot of like ideas of what faith is, and it's so unclear, and like what, and this is the problem is that when it intersects in with your real life, it's painful, it's hurtful. And that's why for some of you, you've left or are considering leaving. And I was like that. It's, this, this whole idea reminds me of, there's a rapper I'm going to quote twice and he raps about life and faith. And that's why I like him because I talk about life and faith. Can't rap love. But he, he has this quote in one of his songs where he says, I've spent half of my adult life unlearning lies that I've heard in a dumb sermon. And that was it for me. I grew up going to church, and maybe you did, maybe you didn't. And, and again, what we've been exploring in this whole idea of brand new is that like we have all these experiences, but then we become adults, and we start to realize they don't match real life. 
you know, like they don't match where, what we actually experience. And faith is probably the biggest one, the way we use it. And so again, most of us, this is true in stats that we just, we leave, we leave church, we leave faith and we're like, see, it didn't work. And I get that. I really do. But what I don't want you to miss is that while I can understand that and relate to that and I can share you funny stories, is that I still think there's something here worth exploring, something in Jesus worth exploring. And that's what we're going to look at. Because here's the other thing about faith, that we don't think about it in these terms because faith is usually applied just to religious context. But here's the definition of faith that that is is found um in the bible is written by this person you actually don't know who wrote this but we have this letter that um a leader in the early church wrote to some friends and and in it gives us a definition for christian faith for jewish faith and really just faith in general and when you think about it in these terms you realize faith is something we all have and again i understand we apply it mostly to religious context but check out this definition this is found in hebrews 11 verse 1 and this is what the author says, he says, now faith is, okay, great, we're going to get the definition. Now faith is, what is it? Tell us. Confidence, okay? Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Great definition. You don't have to be that smart to understand it, but you guys are smart and you would understand it anyway because you're above average. But this definition of faith, I love it because when you use it, you realize, like, in some ways we have all this, and it explains a lot of things that we know about the world and about life and just experiences we've had. Because this idea that faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. You've experienced this before outside of religion, okay? We'll pick that up in a second. If you're working and your boss comes to you and says, hey, guess what? I'm going to give you a raise in two weeks, okay? How much faith do you have that that's going to happen? How much confidence and what you hope for because the thing that you hope for is that you get a raise right now how much faith or confidence do you have in that well it depends is your boss a liar Has your boss been telling you for every day for the past two weeks that you're gonna or every day you've been working that you're gonna get a raise and you never have i bet your confidence is gonna be pretty low okay but if your boss is generally a good boss and they, they don't lie or tell the truth what how much faith are you gonna have how much confidence are you gonna have quite a bit and you're gonna go home and you're gonna be like well i'm getting a raise in two weeks i'm getting a raise you don't have it yet it's something that you're hoped for you haven't seen it yet but you have confidence you have assurance from your boss okay you have faith and this idea like really this idea that faith and what we believe like it really has led to everything in the world that we see around us like buildings are built and cities and stuff around this idea that like People have faith, they believe, they think something should happen, and then they communicate it and like talk. And like, it's crazy to think about when you drive through a city or something, they like all the buildings, they started with an idea. They started with like, somebody should make, you know, a skyscraper, and like, you know, they communicate this idea, and, and that leads to action. And it's belief that it could happen, that it should happen, and at least that that's every movement, good or bad, that's ever happened in humanity, same way. Somebody has a belief, they have faith, they have confidence, and something that they hope for, good or bad, that they hope for, and they believe or have confidence that it could happen, that it should happen, and they speak and talk about it, and it starts happening from their words. I mean, one of the two most dramatic examples in history, a good and a bad one, is 
the whole civil rights movement in the 60s started with words that led to action, led to the unity, and that fight still continues today. But, like, you think about, like, just Martin Luther King Jr., for instance, spoke words and it led to actions and just reverberated around the world. That's crazy. And something good, something that we hope for, that we should hope for, that's good. But on the opposite side, in World War II, the, the leaders in Germany, like Hitler and the leaders in the other countries that are saying these negative things, they just spoke words. Hitler never did anything other than talk. And it led to, so he talked about something he hoped for and it was bad. And, okay, that's the power of belief. Now, you're smart enough to know that just because you believe something doesn't make it true. Okay, let's just be clear, right? Just because you believe something, that doesn't mean that it's true. And you're also smart enough to know that just that having belief that a building could be built or having belief that, you know, people of color should be treated equally, that's different than believing in a God that you can't see and having faith and having confidence. And, like, you're smart enough to understand that, you know, there's, like, the religious context of faith and then, you know, this other context, whatever it is, like world, whatever, okay? You're smart enough to get that, and I get that. But what I hope in me pointing that out is that, again, with this definition, that faith is confidence in what we hope for, sticking with that part, that it kind of helps to start demystifying faith and start, again, thinking through it a little bit. Because what is it we hope for? And I want to take the next few minutes to talk about why I personally have faith. And... And to start off with, the first part of the definition you have to understand is, what is it you hope for? Because that's going to determine how much confidence you have in it. Because again, I hope for a raise, and I know for a fact my boss isn't going to give me one. So I have very little faith that I'm going to get a raise, okay? All right. Um, That's a shot at somebody directly. And if you know, you know. Anyway, um, I I hope for a raise. I know I'm not going to get it, okay? And so my faith, my confidence, very low. But you have to start off with what you hope for. And for me, just some general things, there's lots of things I hope for, some that I have faith in, some that I don't have faith in. But for me, one of the big things I hope for is I this idea that there's justice for all people. Like having um, a son and a daughter, and I gotta look at them and I think about the world they're growing up in. And, and I just, one of the things I hope for is justice for all people, especially like for my daughter and especially for people like friends that I have that, you know, maybe aren't in the majority. And, and I look at them and I'm like, no, there needs to be justice for all people. This thing that we do in society where we divide people and like we say, you know, certain people more valuable than others. It just, it, it drives me insane. And, and I hope for something better than that. I also hope that if there's a God, okay, that he likes me. Uh, I hope that he not only likes me, but loves me and understands that, you know, I mess up quite a bit, okay, on the daily. And and I hope that there's some forgiveness and grace there. I also hope that, like, he's understanding that it's hard to believe in him, okay? Because, you know, I mean, I can't see you. Um, and And we have these... We have these amazing things to look at, but that's great. But like, it's hard to believe. It's and like, and I hope that there's some understanding with my doubt. You know, another thing that I hope for is that and it's kind of tied to the justice one, but that, but that this forgiveness that it's not just based on that I work hard or that like I I can that I hope that it's not based on my actions. And here's why: because that leads to either one or two things. If it's based on my actions and I'm passing. 
then I'm, I am going to turn into a real tool and look down on everybody that doesn't pass and be like, well, I pass. What's your problem? Okay. And I know that I do that because I did that in school when I'd pass a test and my friend won it. I'd be like, lame loser, idiot. Okay. Why? Okay. Because I think I'm up here and I'll just start looking down. And I don't want to be that person. Deep down, I don't want to be that person. I still do it. The other reason I don't want to be based on my actions is there's a chance I'm on the other side and that I don't live up to the standard. And so it's based on my actions and I'm not passing, then I'm going to be like, oh my God, I'm trying, I'm trying out here. Okay. Like, and so I hope one of the things I hope for is that if there's God, if there's a standard that like, and I, yeah, that is not just based on what I do. And I started there. I could go on and on things that I hope for. also hope for money. Uh, you guys want to cash at me? That's cool. I'm just kidding. But there's tons of things that I hope for. But when you look at some of the deep things, and I would challenge you to look at this, that some of the deep things that I hope for, like I hope to worry less. I hope I don't have to fear all the time. I hope that I can have confidence. Like, I would challenge you to examine for yourself what Jesus says about these things. Because what you'll find is that Jesus addressed most of our core issues or core hopes. The way he says it is that he came to give us a full life. Okay? And so if he really did that, again, that's a bold claim, and we've been talking about that, but if he really did that, that is worth evaluating. Because if he did that, then, then these things that I hope for, there's a chance, okay, we haven't gotten to the confidence yet, but there's a chance that I can be confident in it. And so I would challenge you, step one for you, maybe you don't realize what Jesus actually says and does. That's the first thing. Write down a list of things that deep down you hope for. And then just evaluate for yourself. Does Jesus address those? Because I, and the reason I challenge you to do this is because I believe that he does. He says he came to give you full life. He said, came and said things like, you don't have to worry. Isn't that a nice claim? You don't have to worry. Well, okay, now can we be confident in it? That's what we're going to get to. But it's at least nice to know that Jesus addresses a lot of our core issues or core hopes. And so look at that. So I think that Jesus addresses them. Now, can I be confident in it? There's, I think that there's a lot of reasons. Of course, you're going to expect me to say that there's a lot of reasons to be confident because that's me. But uh, I'm going to share three of my top, my top three like reasons that I'm confident. But as I do that, I want to start off with, you've heard us say this a million times and you're going to keep hearing it, that your experience might be why you're not confident. Because, great, you were told that you could worry less. You're told that it's forgiveness. But then that's not what your church did. That's not what your, how your priest acted, your grandmother, your grandfather, your cousin. Okay, Not how they acted. And so because of your experience, you're like, well, this must not be true. But again, this is what we've been begging you, begging you to do during this series is that while those experiences break our hearts, and while I'm sorry that that's what you experienced, it's not Jesus, okay? Jesus would, in fact, agree with you that you shouldn't have experienced that, okay? That he did say those things, but people like you and like me are broken, and we don't always live up to it. And so I'm sorry that's what you experienced, but please reevaluate Jesus because those experiences aren't Jesus. Now, I, I wanted to share three reasons why I'm confident in, in Jesus and why I have faith in that, that the things Jesus says that I hope for, why I think they're true. My first is this. I shared this a couple of weeks ago, but this guy, Peter, Peter was like Jesus' like best friend. Okay, He was like one of the best friends. 
something cool about Jesus. Most people know he had 12 disciples and 12 followers, but within that 12, he had three that he was super close with. And so it was like the circle of like three friends um, plus Jesus that he was closer with and then outside of the 12. And Peter was one of those. Peter was like, ride or die, I am with Jesus. Okay. When Jesus was arrested, okay, Peter, this writer, I believe in Jesus, he did what he, the appropriate response if you believe in Jesus and you see him get arrested and be threatened to be killed. He runs away and he's terrified, okay? At one point, the story I told is that this middle school girl goes, hey, weren't you one of Jesus's friends? And Peter, this brave man, this brave, ah, okay, goes, nope, not me, okay? No, 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 no. And why? Because he was scared and he should have been scared. They're about to kill Jesus. And so, if they're going to kill Jesus, what do you think they're going to do to Peter? And Peter responded appropriately and was scared. And not only that, after they killed Jesus, Peter's hiding alone. Not alone, but he's hiding with the other people in the house. And he's just scared. This timid, scared man that before said that he's brave and ride or die with Jesus. Okay. The reason that that gives me confidence is, one, Makes me feel a little better that I can be human, <laughs> that I can feel fear, and that Jesus is going to forgive me because later he forgives Peter for abandoning him. But the other reason it gives me confidence is that a month after this happens, Peter is so confident and goes to the very people that he was scared of, goes to the very people that killed Jesus and says, you killed Jesus. I saw him come back to life. You need to apologize and say you're sorry. All right. This man that was terrified, something happened to give him confidence. What is it? I would say that is what Peter said it was, okay? Because Peter said is that he saw Jesus, right? And if you were terrified, saw your friend die, you would respond like that. But what would happen if you ate breakfast with him a couple days later? You'd go to the same people that killed Jesus and be like, what's up? You were wrong, okay? All right? You would have confidence, right? And so that gives me confidence. Another one, this is uh, historical, is that in, if you like history, I've been, a little side note, I've been like getting really into watching like documentaries and like historical documentaries from all different time periods. But one of the ones that fascinates me is Rome, because Rome existed for years. I mean, like so many generations and just hundreds of years of Rome's existence, um, actually thousands and, and it's just crazy to see like their their rise and their fall and like down to a final city in like the 12 or 1300s, I believe. And it's just fascinating to see this time span that they covered. One of the, and so I just found Roman history fascinating. One of the Roman historical events that happened is that in 66 AD, Rome was fed up with the Jewish people. Okay. They were just sick and tired of them. And they've been defying their laws, and so they sent an army to to just like destroy them and like just destroy them around. And what they did over the next about four or five years is that if you look at the nation of Israel on a map, not even today, but in ancient times as well, is this like long, narrow country, right? And they started at the north, and over the course of several years, drove everybody south into the city of Jerusalem, and then Jerusalem. They got them all there. The general that did this, uh, Emperor Nero, sends General Vespasian, great name, uh, to go and do this. And so he starts this war in 66 AD. In 69 AD, General Vespasian goes back to Rome, where he eventually becomes emperor, kind of cool, but he leaves his son in charge of this war. 
and his son does just uh, terrible things. They, they did terrible things to drive everybody to the city of Jerusalem. And then when they're actually there, they just <laughs> dig a trench in. They don't let people uh, out. The people in Jerusalem are freaking out, panicking. They can't decide who's actually leading. At one point, they set their own food on fire, which is not a great thing to do. Um, and, and it just leads to starvation and chaos in the city. And in 70 AD, the Romans... Um, break through the walls, take over the city of Jerusalem, kill and enslave pretty much everybody in the city. A few people escaped. They, they enslaved so many people at this time that it drove the price of slaves down in the empire. And it messed up the economy because they were so mad and enslaved so many people. The other thing they did that was key is that they destroyed the temple. All right, and you can actually go to Israel today and go to Jerusalem today and see some of the rocks that they hurled off of this cliff and just destroyed the temple. Now, besides being an interesting history lesson on Rome and their brutal tactics, why does this give me confidence in Jesus? Everything I told you, and you can go and look this up yourself, but everything I told you is not mentioned anywhere in the Bible. None of the people who knew Jesus, none of the people who wrote after Jesus, none of them recorded any of this. This is recorded by other historians. Now, why is that significant? Well, if this happened in 70 AD and nobody alive writing, okay, documenting this, or people were writing after, right, and nobody talks about this time period, this is a time period where it was dangerous to be Jewish. It, like, you mostly enslaved, driving, hunger, famine, all this danger and pressure to be Jewish. And yet there's no mention of it in the Bible. Why is that? The other quick fact is that Jesus predicted that this was going to happen. He predicted that the temple would be destroyed, and he predicted there would be famine, that mothers and children would be driven in Jerusalem. He predicted all this. And yet it's the one prediction Jesus makes that nobody goes, and aha, it happened right here. Okay, But here's what we know. Nobody wrote that it happened. Nobody talks about it happening. And why is that? Well, the simplest answer is that it hadn't happened yet. When they were writing, it hadn't happened yet. And wouldn't you, if you believe Jesus and he made a prediction, wouldn't you want to be like, and it happened, okay? But you can't do that yet. That's kind of embarrassing to be like, it hasn't happened yet. He said it was going to happen, but it hasn't happened yet. But we know that it did happen. And that's because their writings were before it happened. Why is that significant? All this, you're like, okay, I thought we were talking about faith and Rome. Where are we? Here's why this is so significant, friend is that so many people will try to push the writings of Jesus' friends or the Apostle Paul, these people, they try to push it down the line, down the historical line, because then they can be like, oh, it's made up and it's a myth and all that. But scholars will fight back and argue and say, well, if that is the case, you would mention this time period. You would mention that this had happened, and there's no mention of it. You, if you were making the story up, you would mention that Jesus was right, but nobody did. You would mention this time period that it was dangerous to be Jew, but nobody did, which means that all of these things that you read, you can have confidence in because they were written while people were still alive that were alive when Jesus was. That is only 30, 40 years after the fact, which means people were alive. People knew when they read it and they're like, oh, yeah, I know Matthew. OK, that stupid tax collector took money from me. OK, like they know who these people are. That gives me confidence. It gives me confidence that when I read, I can trust what I'm reading. The final one is this, this is my favorite, okay, is that my faith and Christian's faith, it hinges on one fact, that Jesus died and came back to life. 
And that might be a bold statement for some, but the Apostle Paul, who knew this better than anybody, he makes that statement. He says that if Jesus didn't come back to life, then our faith is, his words, not mine, useless. Okay? And so it hinges on this fact. And so because if Jesus didn't die and come back to life, then everything that we've been talking about means nothing. And so it's a there's a lot at stake to put your to hinge everything on this one fact, okay? That let's be honest, some of you doubt that let's keep being honest and twisting this. Some of you don't believe that let's be honest. Okay, don't don't let us leave the room, but bring it in. I doubt sometimes. Okay, all right. So, okay. Sorry, earthquake. Um, that we doubt this. We wrestle. There's a lot at stake on this one fact. Okay, here's the thing. If you're making this up, they did a terrible job of making it up because if you read this for yourself, you will find that the first people to discover that Jesus rose from the dead, which is the paramount, most important thing we believe. It is the basis of everything else. The first people were women, okay? Now, for us in 2020, we're like, yeah, so what? Remember the context. Remember the society, okay? Women's words and testimonies meant nothing, okay? They couldn't testify in court because their words meant nothing. And yet, in every account, women were the first ones there. This woman named Mary, not Jesus' mother, another Mary. No, it's confusing. But this Mary was the first one to discover. Not only that, Mary wasn't just a woman. She was a woman of questionable character, okay? I'm not quite sure what that means, but it means people didn't trust her, okay? They didn't trust women in general. They definitely didn't trust that one. And she's the first one? Okay, like, if you're making a story up, you wouldn't do that. I, I honestly, I bet Peter and the other male disciples were like, guys, I mean... It's amazing. Don't get me wrong, but like, is there any way we can be like, and actually Peter saw him first, okay? Or John, or like, pick a dude, okay? Like, like, like I guarantee part of them wanted to be like, nobody's going to, first off, we're going to go and tell everybody that Jesus died and came back to life. That's hard enough to believe. And when they go, prove it, we're going to go, Mary saw it. <laughs> okay, are you kidding? <laughs> like, nobody's going to believe it. And I'm sure they wrestled with that. But Why? Why did they record that? Because it's what happened. And it speaks volumes to me about, one, the, the disciples' integrity to, to keep that detail in there. Because I'm telling you, people would have pushed back. Oh, a woman saw it. Okay? And I know for us in 2020, like we don't like that. And I agree with you. But in that time period, people were like, okay, sure, a woman. Right? And yet they kept it. Why did they keep that? Because they were, they, I think they realized the other thing that it speaks volumes about is that your God, your Heavenly Father, values women. And I think it is one of several examples. He's like, these social barriers you guys create, this is where you bring people, watch this. The most fundamental thing about me, the most fundamental thing in this story, I'm going to make a woman be the first one. And I think, I really do think God orchestrated it to prove a point. And it's a point that we're still wrestling with today. But that is that women are equal to men. And, and here's the thing. That gives me so much confidence. Because if you're making it up at that time, you wouldn't include that. Here's where I want to wrap up. That all these are great. These are great. You might be listening. You might, huh. 
That's interesting, Nate. Thanks for a little story time. We got we covered some Jesus, we covered some Roman history. Um, there's that definition of faith that's common. We're great. This is cool, but what's this have to do with me? Like, because let's be let's be honest as well. This isn't the real issue. Okay, the real issue is your experiences that you've had. Okay, your real issue is that honestly, faith. If you either had bad experiences or, okay, again, this is okay, this is just us in the room, okay, just us keeping it real. The other, the other issue with faith is that it bumps up into what we want to do. You know, like, like you want to go do something and you don't know everything about faith, but like, but you know, okay, well, if I believe in God, like, I probably shouldn't do this thing, but I kind of want to do it. So I don't believe in God. <laughs> Okay, but you also know that that's a bad reason. Okay, like you, you can't just tell people, why don't you have faith? Oh, I want to do whatever I want. Okay, that's a bad reason. The reason I know that this happens to a lot of people is this is my story. When I was growing up, I grew up in a Christian house. Great, went to church my whole life. Great. But in high school, I started to lose my faith. And my senior year of high school, I pretty much lost it. And for whatever reason, I went to a Christian college, which, whatever, if, you, if you're watching this and you're like, Christian college, and you know those exist, they do. Um, and I went to this Christian college, and I was like, you know what, this is a perfect time for me to find a reason to walk away. And that's what I was going to do. And the perfect opportunity presented itself, because the only thing that made this college a Christian college was we had to take a Bible class, okay? And I was like, great, I'll take a Bible class. Find stuff I don't agree with, find stuff I don't like, and be like, I'm out, I quit. Because I was smart enough to know that I couldn't just say I quit, that people in my life are going to be like, why, why don't you believe anymore? And I couldn't tell them the answer. I couldn't tell them that the answer was, I just wanted to drink and have sex and smoke weed and nobody judge me. Okay? I couldn't, like, that's a bad reason. Everybody would be like, what's wrong with you? So I had to find, like, a deep... Theological, logical, okay. The truth was, there was faith, and there was what I wanted to do, and they didn't line up, so I wanted to just, yeah, well, see you, faith. And I think that it is most people's stories. Now, again, that's too shallow to admit, well, I quit believing in Jesus because I want to have sex, okay? That's a bad reason. And so we come up with real reasons. And so, that's what I was looking for. It backfired, obviously, but because, and this is what I want you to get, and this is where we're wrapping up this whole series, is that when I was forced, because I took a college class, again, bad way to try to get out, but when I was forced to actually evaluate Jesus, that's how my teacher taught it, evaluate Jesus, and look at it, look at it for yourself, forget what, forget what I say, forget what anybody says, you evaluate Jesus. And you tell me if you believe in him. I was forced to do that. And you know what I saw? I saw the things that I hoped for being talked about and addressed directly. I saw the things that I had not experienced in church, but deep down I knew were true and good and that I hoped for. Things like justice and equal opportunity for all addressed for in the person of Jesus. I saw Jesus go to leaps to show that when I evaluated Jesus. When I actually read what Jesus said. And it turned my life upside down and set the path and direction of my life since then and changed my life. And my friend, this is what I hope you see in this, is that 
you, whatever you've been taught, experienced, whatever, what I hope you see is that none of that matters. It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what your priest said, your pastor, anybody says. What is it that Jesus said? Because he's the one that says you potentially could have a full life in him. This bold statement. You evaluate it, though. And that's my challenge for you. Just like my professor said to me, I challenge you and dare you, whatever word I have to say, challenge to get you to, to evaluate Jesus for yourself. And I know it's so hard and it's complicated and it's time and you have what you want to do and faith bumps into it. I get it. But don't you want a full life? Don't you? If, if the answer is there, don't you want to experience it? And the only way that you're going to is if you take the time to look at what Jesus has to say. And I know it's hard to do, and it's hard to do by yourself, which is why I have two quick recommendations for you. First, if you're going to read and you want to see what Jesus says, I would start with either what's called the Book of John. You can just Google the Gospel of John or Book of John. You can Google it if you have a phone, okay, which you do. Uh, you can download this Bible app and find, okay, but just read it. I'd either read that or... I challenge you to read what Jesus's brother said, which we talked about that. That's another thing that gives me confidence. But read Jesus's brother's letter called James. And you can just Google the book of James or the gospel of James or just the book of James. And that will come up and you can read that. I challenge you to read that and explore. What does Jesus say? And then what does Jesus's brother say about Jesus? Because that's going to blow your mind. And so evaluate Jesus for your own, on your own. But it's hard to do this on our own which is why we every week beg you to join a community group because this is where you can talk about it, where you can say, okay, guys, I read this thing in John or I read this thing in James or I read this thing and now I don't get it. I'm wrestling with it. That's good. Ask questions because you have what you hope for. You can grow in the confidence and that what you hope for is true, that you can grow in assurance that what you do not see that that, that is there. But it takes a community to do that. And that's why we want you to join a community group. Here's where we'll end this whole series, is that through all of this, I know there's lots of questions. We've heard back from several of you, and we love that and appreciate that. But through all of this, we want your life to be better. I want your life to be better. I know some of your stories, and they break our hearts, okay? Sarah and I, like, we pray for you guys regularly, okay? Like, there are times that we'll get emotional and teary-eyed because we hear your pain. We hear your stories. And it breaks our hearts. And and I know uh, with a mix of your experiences and your stubbornness and you want to do what you want to do, all these things, that they, you don't include Jesus in your life. And I understand why. But part of what breaks our hearts is not only the pain and stuff that you're experiencing, but we know Jesus would help you. But you don't know that because you haven't looked into it yourself. You haven't evaluated for yourself. You're just taking what people have told you, what I've told you, and then letting that be it. But friend, don't let that be it, okay? And and be honest with yourself. You don't have to be honest with me, but be honest with yourself. Have you actually looked at what Jesus has to say? Have you actually evaluated what Jesus has to say? That's what we want you to do. That's what we've been inviting you into. And I get it. It's hard. And it's okay if you don't. We're still friends. We still love you. and still care for you. We're here for you. But friend, I want you to look at what Jesus has to say. Because he, not me, and definitely not Sarah, offers a full life. 
And I believe that that'd be true for you. And I know it'd be true for you because in college, when I wanted to walk away and be like, F you, God, I'm out, and I evaluated Jesus, it blew my mind. Because the things that I hoped for, I found confidence in. And the things that I did not see, I got assurance in. And time and time again, that has proven true over and over again. Don't take my word for it. Please do not take my word for it. Don't take your past experiences. Don't take just everything that you think. Evaluate Jesus for yourself. See what Jesus has to say. Because then, maybe, just maybe, you will figure this faith thing out. You'll figure out if you have faith. And I want to close with this. The last quote from this rapper that I love, he has this quote, and I love it. It's actually one of my um, like background screens on my computer. Uh, but he says, the opposite of faith is not doubt. It's when we have it all figured out. And I think that that is important for us as we close this whole brand new series because I want you to have faith. I want you to have confidence in Jesus. But so many times we're taught that faith and confidence in Jesus and stuff. Now, the opposite of that is doubt. It's not doubt. Have doubt. Ask questions. Join a community group. Talk to them about your doubt. Have doubt. Okay. The opposite of faith is when you act like you have everything figured out. Because come on, you don't have everything figured out. I don't. And so none of us do, right? The opposite of faith is not doubt. It's when we have it all figured out, okay? You don't ask these questions, explore, explore Jesus together. We would love to hear from you in that. Any way we can support you in that, please let us know. As we close, I just want you to know as we head into the new year, we're going to have an exciting new year uh, TLR on the 4th. And we're going to continue these um, through next year. The one week that we're going to take off is January 11th. And so you won't see us that day. But then the 18th, you guys will be coming back to class if you're at Rhode Island College. And we will be back. So enjoy the rest of your break. You guys are awesome. We love you. Can't thank you guys enough for being part of this community. Make sure to click the link. We want to hear from you. All the stuff that you hear us say. We love you guys. Stay awesome. Like for real, stay awesome. And we will see you next week. See ya. Oh, shit. So good.